Welcome back, Crosspoint, to the Post-Sermon Reflections podcast. I am here with my brother in Christ, Liam Castle. Um, I'm super excited to have him on. Um, We're going to talk about things that I feel really passionate about, about going for the sake of the gospel, about being used mightily for God and living obedient lives. And we heard an awesome sermon about the life of George Lyle um, preached from the the passage of Philippians 4, um, specifically focusing on Philippians 4.13, but looking at the whole context. And I know I was super encouraged. I know I was super challenged. I felt like the Lord was um, pulling my heartstrings saying, hey, hey, daughter, I, I'm speaking to you. I want you to be challenged and moved um, to walk in life obedience. And so Liam's going to give us a little intro of kind of where we camped out scripturally, and then we are going to begin our conversation. Yeah, Ruth. So our sermon today brought us to Philippians 4, 10 through 20, uh, with kind of a large focus on 10 through 13. Yeah. Um, and the overarching theme was, you know, we saw it in the hook with Stephen Curry about Philippians 4, 13, um, where it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? And how the culture has kind of hijacked that scripture yeah. and turned it into this kind of, I can will anything I want to do into existence if I sprinkle God into it. Yeah, just a Pinterest inspirational quote. Yeah, it's hilarious. In- insert beach scene. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think Brennan specifically said, sprinkle a little Christ pixie dust on it. Um but anyway, so, you know, we were convicted because we learned that's not what that means. Yeah. What it ultimately means is we can do God's will for us in our lives only and fully when we rely on him. Yeah. And we kind of saw that in the circumstances of Paul when he was explaining this scripture. You know, uh, he was literally in prison. And I believe he was at this point 30 years into his ministry. Wow. So throughout those past three decades, he had experienced you know, he said in verse 12, he had experienced abundancy and had experienced nothing. He'd yeah. gone through times of having everything he needed and having nothing. And now was one of those times of nothing. And he still said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So he's not speaking about, you know, doing all the things he wants and exceeding or achieving, excuse me, greatness, right? Worldly greatness. Yeah. He means God's will for his life. He can engage in any tough circumstance and be obedient to Christ when he relies on him through him. Yeah. And it is tough because like there is like a real culture of like wanting to do great things for God that I think it's real twisted. Um, we see that in like how we try to recruit missionaries. We see that in how we try to recruit leaders of like we're, we are on one hand saying something that is true and we are on one hand feeding the flesh that says, man, I need attention. Yeah. I need, I need the attaboy. And like the call of Christ is to say, Hey, I serve, I wipe people's feet. That's who I am. Do like I do unto one another, which we think of like looking at Jesus, washing the disciples' feet, and then that we're gonna we're called to have no place to lay our head. We're called to have to hate our father and mother, um, even ourselves. We have to disciple and call ourselves a disciple. So there's this radical aspect of the call to be a disciple of Jesus that we just kind of like skirt under, and we're like, I'm gonna do something awesome. I'm gonna do something awesome for Jesus. Yeah. Um. Do you feel like? It's been easy for you sometimes to get swept into that in your own life. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, we're all about honesty here, right? Yeah. Um, and it's easy to, sin is so distorted and deceiving and ego can just come into trying to do great things for God, mm-hmm. right? Um, and great things for God can look very differently. They can be 
huge church congregations and complete revivals of cities, or they can be faithfully delivering the word and the gospel to a small town congregation. In my life, you know, I I definitely um, have seen that when Sarah and I were thinking about overseas mission last year, you know, we were very cautious Mm -hmm. and aware of our mindset going into that. Like, why are we doing this? Are we doing this because we think it makes us a better Christian? And I think it's sometimes I I had to check myself, right? That's because I thought that, but it's not, that's not the truth. You know, we're doing this because we're doing what God is calling us to do. Yeah because that's what he's calling us to do. Not that it makes us any better or makes us any worse. It just makes us either obedient or disobedient. Yeah. Um, So it's, it's really easy to write, like kind of mix those things up, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, I think that, I think that's so good. It's the, the line is not how much have you hurt? Cause sometimes it's like, Oh, if we choose the hardest life, um, and I don't in any way get me twisted. I think you should do hard things for Jesus. Absolutely. Every day of the week. Absolutely. And if you're truly walking with him, I know that you will. Yeah. Um, but the reality of saying like, I don't need to be a masochist for Jesus. I need to be submitted and yielded to his will, which doesn't feed my pride. It doesn't feed my ego. And it kills those things. Like blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom. It's the kingdom of heaven. Like that I would recognize my spiritual poverty and be able to wholly rely on the person of Christ. Like there's something beautiful there to say, man, if I really believe that I can do all things that God calls me to do through him, well, like mm-hmm. then that means I should have no fear yeah, walking faith. in the will of God yeah. because I say, Oh, all my needs will be taken care of. That's what he promises. Mm-hmm. And even if all those needs are taken care of, and then in the end, all joy, I get martyred for the faith. It was within the will of God and with joy, I can count it all joy yeah. to say, Hey, if that's what his will for my life was, then so be it. Sure. Um, so I think this, this sermon to me, like thinking, looking at this passage and then looking at George Lyle's life is that courage begets courage and faith begets faith. And so give us just like a little summary of who kind of George Lyle, George Lyle is. So just other people who have been claimed, but he was the first modern missionary. Um, he was a slave, you know, he, he was a slave and he was saved, um, came to faith by Christ, obviously, but a man by the name of Matthew Moore um, preached the gospel to him while yeah. while he was in slavery, yeah. and he came he became saved through that. He, you know, he saw his what Brennan said indigenous sin, yeah, right. Um, because in his case, as a slave, it would be so easy to focus on the alien sin, right? yeah. the sin of the world. It's yeah. so, and we see that in today's society too. People are hyper-focused on the bad things people are doing in the world. Yeah. Um, so wait, give us a pause there. So we're going to, we're going to briefly describe what that is in case you didn't get to hear the sermon today. And so indigenous sin is the sin that lives in all of us. And so that's what we would consider when we think of our sin. That's the things we think, do, and say that are less than the will of God and the desire of God. And then, um, what's the other word? Alien sin. Alien sin. I, the whole time I was listening to a sermon, I was like, I keep forgetting that one word. So alien sin is the indigenous sin of others that affects the world and the culture and others. And so all of it comes from alien sin. I mean, all of it comes from indigenous sin, but becomes alien sin when it starts oppressing and affecting the people around us. All right. Press play on back to your um, summary. Yeah, so you know he was he was convinced or convicted, excuse me, of his sin by Matthew Moore, and he, and he came to Christ, um, and then Matthew Moore discipled him. You know he he so good. he taught him how to read, and then he taught him how to read the Bible, and uh, 
Matthew Moore saw his gift for kind of under preach. Uh, all that the Holy Spirit was really working in his life, and he offered him the opportunity to preach um, at one of these churches. You know, during that time period, there was a small group of Baptist churches in the South that were actually becoming multi-ethnic. They were inviting both black and white people, slave and free, into the congregation, and they were equals before God. Um, so he was able to, he got an opportunity to preach at one of these services, and he was gifted by the Lord, clearly. And Matthew Moore um, affirmed that, his congregation affirmed that, and then he became ordained. Uh, he became a minister. And after a certain amount of time, he felt a call to go to Jamaica um, and to bring the gospel there. And and that's his legacy, among many other things. But, yeah. 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 Like a radical, radical life of obedience and in, in someone who no one would have expected in a time that no yeah. one would have expected it. Um, I think there's a joy in being like, man, we couldn't have foretold that to be the narrative. And so therefore we can find like so much joy in knowing that it's God working. I think it's like really cool looking at Matthew Moore saying like the commitment yeah. to like faithful discipleship. And the importance of it. Yeah. What, it what, what the result of it was. Yes. Right? I mean, look, like it, it's crazy. We see the outpouring of it on the church right down the street, right? The yeah. Amer Amer African-American Methodist Episcopal Church. Yeah. Um, and that's, he started that. Still you know? here today. Still here today. Um, yeah. So yeah, you're right. The results of of good, faithful, biblical discipleship. From yeah. More. yeah. Yeah. And recognizing that there are barriers to discipleship that we have to bear with other people. So like he couldn't read. It's a barrier to discipleship in good. some aspects. And so recognizing like, man, the Lord may be calling you to step into the life of someone who has some barriers that are you need to know. Are you willing to step in the waters with them and say, no, 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 you need to know who Jesus is and what he's calling you to do. And I'm going to walk with you through you understanding those things, being able to overcome some of those things and begin to walk in faithfulness. Like you think of reading as like kind of a random thing, but like we were reading faith mm -hmm. and like, it's important to be able to read and for him to be a proclaimer of God's truth and need to be able to study it for himself. And in that, he was able to like experience these like revelations from the Lord that helped him proclaim faithfully in his like cultural moment, which was slavery everywhere. Like wars happening, uprisings happening with slaves, um, him getting jailed, like all these different things happening that happens because someone faithfully sat with him and said, this is what Psalm 23 means. Like, we're going to learn how to read. This is what it means that he's your shepherd. Um, and so I'd love to hear what are some testimonies of like faithful discipleship that have happened in your life or that you've gotten to be a part of um, as a believer? I have a, a good friend um, from our previous church by the name of JC. I'll give him a shout out. Woo -woo. Yeah. Um, and he, he kind of likes. We'll send in the podcast. Don't yeah. Worry about it. He likes to describe Christian fellowship, discipleship as doing life together. Yeah. And I think you perfectly just captured that, right? Like it wasn't just, okay, George, here's the gospel. Um, and we're just, that's all we're ever going to talk about. It's like, oh man, you have serious circumstances and barriers in life that, yeah. that are holding you back. And I can help you with them because God has, has, has helped me with them, you yeah. know? Um, so I've just, you know, this is, um, such a silly example, but part of my story is sobriety and recovery Amen. and, and not in, um, the church, but when I was first getting, getting sober, um, you know, there was guys who just helped me do things. I didn't know how to do like 
simple things, right? Yeah. I got a ticket and I got something in the mail and I didn't know what to do. And I called a guy and he's like, just go on the website and pay the ticket, you know? <laughs> yeah. Very simple, yeah. simple things. But um, more focused on, you know, being the word and, yeah. and how to understand it, you know? Um, I had gone to church my whole life and yeah. theology has played a huge part in my discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I didn't have those barriers like George Lyle, but coming to as uh Elder Dominich likes to call it a good biblical theology, you know, and understanding the gospel, what it shows about me, right? And and what it shows about God and, and just how to understand that. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. So good. Yeah. I think it's the importance that it is holistic, of it is genuine. Like we call it life on life. Um, you can use any of those parachurch ministries that very well, very well uh, branded <laughs> the language of discipleship. But I think it's the importance of like, yeah, that you have people, like for me, I think of spiritual mothers, that I get to see actually mother their children. Yeah. And I'm being discipled far past just like what it means to understand Psalm 23, but what it means to live a life with Jesus because mm-hmm. I'm watching their life and I'm learning from it. And so Matthew Moore teaches us as well, like, man, when we're faithful to be obedient, to walk with someone as they grow in maturity, like we have no idea what God can do. Mm-hmm with that life. And we don't do it because of that. We don't do it because we want to see, we want on our ticket to say, someone I discipled saw 20,000 people get baptized, but we're faithful to say, if God's calling me to teach someone how to read Mm -hmm. so that they may be able to read the Bible on their own, man, let me, let me wake up. Someone's calling me to like, calling me to learn another language so I can proclaim the gospel to someone who doesn't speak my language. Like take courage. And that like, that is the heart of God that we um, would be willing to get out of our comfort zone to be reaching people who don't yet know him yeah, so that they could walk in the fullness of what it means to know him. For sure. There are people in our church who just have different skills, right? Like yeah, if you're not great with money, there's someone in this church who is great with money and they can help you understand how to steward your money well Mm. to use it for the glory of God. You know, I've relied on, on men in my walk to show me that. And, um, just how to how to budget effectively, you know. It's yeah. not just so you can have money; it's so you can use that money to yeah. to lead your family well and yeah. and and help others and show the glory of God. So yeah, that's so good. Um, what do you feel like was personally challenging while listening to either the passage from Philippians or George Lyle's life, which kind of illustrates the passage from Philippians? Well, it's it's kind of hard to be in an uh, American modern church and, and hear the story of just a faithful giant, you know, yeah, like, um, it's pretty incredible. I was talking to Sarah about this on the ride home that he just left and, and went to Jamaica, yeah. like with nothing. With minus money. Minus, minus money, <laughs> literally $51,000 in debt uh, t- equivalent to today. Yeah. Um, but, and then worked his butt off literally during yeah. the day. Um, so for me, it's just an over, I guess the, the, on the macro level of conviction, it's just, man, like you got it so good and, and you don't realize it. Yeah. So the gratitude I have for say my family who has just provided me financially with yeah. so, so many opportunities. Yeah. Um, and I'm in a position to where I have what I have and can do what I can do mm-hmm. um you know like i literally wouldn't have my job if it wasn't for my family yeah. so a, a macro conviction of say just 
gratitude. Yeah. And then on a micro level of what are you scared about to share with your friend who doesn't know the gospel when this guy's going to Jamaica and just shouting it. He's leaving prison in the middle of the night to go <laughs> to go share the gospel. You You're know embarrassed what I mean? and he's out there not sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Like I, 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 yesterday I was at a barbecue and I had the opportunity to share the gospel and I didn't. And, um, you know, the in, in the conversation kind of got interrupted. So it was a little unorganic, but I was like, who cares about unorganic? Like <laughs> I, I want people to know that. Yeah. They're sinners, but there's a wonderful savior mm-hmm. who who has has covered the guilt of that, you know? And we were having a conversation about the alien sin, looking at the sin of, of the world and not the indigenous sin, mm-hmm. you know? And and I was convicted of that. And and um, you know, I I, I pray for the opportunity to to yeah. be able to to share the gospel with them another time because I'll see them. But yeah, just man, capitalizing those moments and not stressing about the inorganic sea, if that's a word, of moments. Yeah. No, that's so good. Yeah, I think it... I was talking to one of my buddies uh, who has been, like, doing some proclamation ministry of, like, going out and sharing her faith. And she's like, I've sometimes held held back because I, like, so deeply wanted to, like, befriend that speak. And she was like, I just, like, we just don't always have time. And so, like, when the Lord convicts us to speak... That we'd say, oh, I'm not just going to hold back because, like, I want to do it the perfect way. But saying, I'm going to be obedient when he calls mm-hmm. that I speak up. Um, I feel like I've been really praying for opportunities to, like, talk to my neighbors. And I went on a walk. Went on a walk. I was like, I felt like a Mormon. Get the steps in. Get my steps in. I was walking to my neighborhood, and I was like, Lord, like, please give me an opportunity to talk to someone about my faith. Mm. So I'm on this 30-minute walk. I see someone. I see a group of guys who I'm like... That's not it. And then I keep, I keep going, and I, and I see, and I see a husband and wife arguing. I said, "That's not it." <laughs> I keep walking. I keep walking. I said, "Someone just needs to look at me for like three seconds, and then I'll start a conversation." And I didn't talk to anyone that whole walk. And I said, "Lord, like I know that you will teach me how to do this. I know that you'll teach me how to have the courage to like love my neighbors." And. Like three days later, two Mormon girls knock on my door who are 20 and 25. And I live in a house with all girls who are between the ages of 20 and 25. And they're just like knocking. They invite us to church. I said, I work on staff at a church. I'll be somewhere on Sunday. Um, And, but do you guys want any water, any snacks? Invited them into my home. They sat in my kitchen while I'm like making dinner for a bunch of random people in my house. And I'm talking to them. They're telling me their testimony. I'm sharing my testimony trying to get in the facts about Mormonism that I feel like will strike a chord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard in my testimony to talk about the incarnation of Christ. I found that that's a hard one to weave in. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't successfully do it. But in that, I was like, the Lord reminded me that it's not by my will and it's not by my way that I'm going to see things happen. But he's going to bring me and I just need to be open when he does it. Of like, he's not discouraging my heart to go out and to proclaim because like the posture of a believer is going. But he's he's so faithful to say, no, no, I've prepared good works mm-hmm. ahead of time for you. Don't you worry. They're going to come. Mm-hmm. I'm just asking that when I put you up to bat, that you'd swing. Yeah. Like, I think of him being like, baby girl, just swing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, just swing. Like, I've prepared good works for you. Will you walk in them? And when I look at George Lyle's life, it's saying he just said yes mm-hmm. to the good works that God had for him. George Lyle, I can't imagine, wanted a life of, quote, unquote, Christian greatness. Mm-hmm. He just couldn't be kept from obedience. Yeah. 
And like, let us be people who couldn't be kept from obedience. Um, Cause I do, I think like today is the acceptable day of salvation. Like I, I like currently feel like an urgency, like, man, I want people to know. And I want them to hear that like he is the liberator of captives and we're captive to our sin. Um, and so for you, you feel this kind of call to say, hey, when, when the opportunity comes, even if it's awkward, I want to do it. I feel very similar of like, I just want to be, just want to be super open. What is an encouragement that you'd have for, for listeners who are feeling like a call to obedience, whether that be taking a step towards baptism, whether that be going to a class that makes them uncomfortable, but they know it's like important that they do it for their family. What would be your encouragement for them as they're trying to take a step of obedience? My encouragement would just be, it's worth it. Plain and simple. Um, and you know, God knows Jesus specifically knows discomfort. I mean, he is not a stranger to that. And he knows us in our discomfort and he doesn't look down on us, but he is pleased when in the midst of that discomfort, we're obedient. And that's that's the goal, right? So I guess my encouragement would be full, and I, everyone and myself is like, look to Christ, you know, it's plain and yeah. simple. And I know that sounds, yeah. but it's, it's the repetitive advice I've been given in my life, right? Like God has suffered. Christ has suffered everything. Mm. And he has encountered every temptation, every temptation to, to run, yeah. every temptation to not follow through every temptation to just not do it, but he did. Um, so, and it's worth it, man. I mean, cause you don't know what God will do through your obedience. You know, yeah. let's just say baptism. My dad just got baptized two weeks ago mm, amen. or a week ago. Forgive me. Um, and I just see the spirit moving in his life yeah. literally since that day. And he sees it too. Yeah. Um, in, in his desire to just want to more and more serve the Lord. So yeah. God will create a deeper desire in our hearts the more and more we are obedient. And he, he will meet us there. Like yeah. you said, he just wants us to swing. I mean, I love that, right? Like he's going to either get us on first base or he's going to hit the home run, yeah. right? Like yeah. maybe the conversation with your with the unbeliever doesn't go as you'd hoped. Yeah. Or maybe it often just, does it. <laughs> maybe, yeah, most of the times it does it, right? Yeah. But maybe you know you don't know what's down the line. Yeah. You know, we just we just plant those seeds, and he does the work. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you know that, especially in like take youth ministry for example. Yeah. You might not see those seeds for years. You yeah. know. Yeah. Um. Mm, so good. So yeah, that that would be my encouragement. Is just Christ is the example for that in the mm. midst of our discomfort. You know we should follow through because he followed through. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Hearing you talk about your dad just like reminds me that like when we're obedient, we get to experience the joy of like greater communion with him Yes, because we're, we're like experiencing what like actual relationship mm-hmm. is. Like when you fall in love with someone, you say yes to doing things with them and you grow in greater intimacy. That is like the beauty of what God's calling us into of like falling deeper in love with one another that like, Oh, my desire to be in line with his will is a greater amount of intimacy. And so the more we step out and do things that are his will that even are scary for me, I experience that swell Mm. of being like, oh my gosh, like he's just that good. Like he loves me just that much and he loves them just that much and he's just that big. Like it just allows us to testify of who he is because we actually know. 
because we've stepped out in the water and we've seen, oh, like if he wants me to stand and walk on water, I can. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my gosh, he really is. He really is like that. Like I imagine Peter was like, oh shoot, Jesus really do be like that. Yeah, like, yeah. He, like, he really wants me to walk out on this water for real. <laughs> He's like, for real, let's call me out here. It's crazy. <laughs> and so like to have those moments to be like, he for real be like that. Like he really be that good. He really be that kind. Yeah. Um, I think there's just like such a sweetness and like to the believer who's listening to this and to hopefully to the non-believer, like he is real, he will work and he wants to work in you. And to like throw your doubts and like lay them down and say, God, actually examine these doubts and help me clear them so that I can walk with enjoy with you. Yeah. Um, Cause there are doubts that are going to come be like, this is a scam. <laughs> just, yeah. just one big scam. Yeah. And so like in that, like, I'd encourage you, like, look those doubts in the faith and have doubt about those doubts instead of just letting them linger in your brain and letting them steal your joy and letting them steal the joy of obedience that God wants to produce in your life. Um, yeah. Any last thoughts? I I think to what you said about the experiencing joy of, of a deeper relationship, right? That's how we mm-hmm. experience that deeper relationship is by stepping further into yeah. obedience and faith. You can talk about that joy and you can read about the joy, but you don't know what it's like until you've experienced it. Yeah. And it, like you said, it is so, so sweet. And I look back on my life when I have been obedient and the joy that has come from that. And then I look back on my life when I've trusted on my, in myself. When you dragged your feet. When I dragged my darn feet and, <laughs> and I dropped the ball, you know, yeah. and I'm just, we're not designed to walk alone yeah we're yeah. not designed to do things in our own strength you know yeah. and that's ultimately what we learned today we're not designed to do god's will for us in our own strength yeah. i mean christ relied on the strength of god yeah so and who be, are we he'd be perfect and he he'd be for real you know what i mean <laughs> like for real. he's the real deal yeah so, oh, so yeah good. that's so good oh what a joy uh yeah so encouraged um i would love I'd love if you would just pray us out. I would love to. Father God, we just thank you for this time, Lord. We thank you for your word. We we thank we praise you, God, for the life of George Lyle. God, we we praise you that you created him. You knew the works that that he would accomplish through you from the beginning of time, God. And and we just thank you um, for getting to hear his testimony and the encouragement of it, God. I ask that we would both Ruth and I and everybody listening leave here today encouraged, encouraged to be obedient, encouraged to to share the good news because it is good, God, um, and that we would just look to you and our discomfort much more in our pain and in our struggle and know that you have suffered so much more mm-hmm. and you have accomplished everything we need, God. Everything. Because what we need is you. We need we need you for our salvation. We need you for this life, God, this life that we walk. We need this relationship with you. And because of you, Christ, that is possible with you, God. And we thank you for that. God, um, we just turn this time over to you and we ask, we ask for your blessing on it and those who would hear unbeliever and believer alike. And in your name, we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Listener, thank you so much for your time. We do pray that faith will beget faith in your life and courage will beget courage in your life. And if this has been an encouragement to you, 
please share it with someone in your life right now. Um, yeah, it's a blessing always. Um, have an awesome Monday morning.